All right, how's everybody doing right now? Is everybody nice and awake? I saw a yawn. I caught you right there. Yeah, my son. Oh, she's like, oh no. How's everyone doing? Are we, we awake right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, how many of you, you guys participated in the dancing portion, portion of the evening? You guys were okay. All right. Uh, how, many, how many daughters you would say you're, you're impressed by your dad's dance moves? <laughs> how, how many dads you would say you were impressed by your own dance moves today? Okay, yeah, a bunch of, a bunch of us. Okay, good for you. Way to have that, that self-confidence. Well, I, I want to pick up where, where we left off this morning. We were asking the question, who are you? What, what makes you who you are? What is your identity? And we learned some valuable labels that God gives us, not what we give ourselves, not what other people give us. So here's how I want to start our, our time right now. Uh, I'm going to ask us to do a little participatory time. And so dads, I'm, I'm going to ask that right now you would repeat these identity statements after me. If you would look at your daughter, if you have more than one daughter here with you, if you could kind of like, I don't know, go back and forth between both of them here. Uh, but dads, I, I want you to just repeat these words after me to your daughter. Would you say these words? You are loved. You are valuable. You are a masterpiece. You are a child of God. All right, daughters, I want you to look your dads right in the eyes right now. And I want you to repeat after me. Would you say, Dad, you are loved? Dad, you are valuable. Dad, you are a masterpiece. Dad, you are a child of God. Isn't that so good to pause and just be reminded of who God says that we are? And, and I hope for you that, that that moment, that those words, when you actually speak those out loud, you realize the power of who God says you are. And you realize the truth of who God says you are. Well, I'm going to ask you now, maybe not as serious of a question as we started this morning, but I, I just kind of want to know. So if you were to answer this question, who do you look more like? Do you look more like your mom or do you look more like your dad? How many would say you look more like your mom? Just raise a hand. Okay, you look more like mom. Okay. How many would say you look more like your dad? Okay. How many you're like, oh, I'm kind of a perfect blend of both. Okay. Kind of right in the middle. And how many of you are like, I don't look like either of them? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally cool. Um, here, here's what I want to talk about tonight. When we talk about our identity, when we talk about abilities and uh, all the things that, that we might say, well, that makes us who we are, sometimes it's not the things that, that we're proud of that, that kind of become our identity. Sometimes it's the things that we're not so proud of. It's the things that we wish we hadn't done that, that all of a sudden starts to become kind of our identity. Maybe you've felt guilty for something that you've said, something that you've done in the past. I remember when I was in eighth grade, I was in social studies class, and it was actually right around this time of year. It was a, a little bit later in the year. We're getting closer and closer to Christmas time, and I was sitting in social studies, and I looked down, and right next to me was a little, like, coin purse, and I thought... Well, I wonder what's in that coin purse. And so I picked it up during class and I opened it up and it was full of cash. And so what do you think I did in that moment? 
I went to the principal. Did somebody say that? I went to the teacher, you know, and I said, hey, I'm a responsible, I'm a follower of Jesus. Let me tell you what happened. No, I took the cash out and I put it in my pocket. And then I put the coin purse right where I had found it, thinking, well, surely if somebody's looking for their coin purse, they're going to want to find it. So I'll just leave it right here. And then the next day I come back to class and my teacher's holding this coin purse. My teacher says, does anybody know where this came from? Did anybody find this? And one of my friends who I was very proud to be like, man, look at all this cash I found in this coin purse. My friend ratted me out to the teacher and the teacher says, hey, Robert. And she says these words. I'll never forget these words. She says, I thought you were a Christian. Yeah, ouch, right? And I, and I felt this guilt. I don't know if you've ever felt that, that feeling just like in the, the depths of your stomach, but here's the deal. It, was, it went deeper than just guilt. Here's what guilt is. Guilt is when you have that feeling of like, okay, I shouldn't have done something, and, and I did that anyway, and you feel guilty. Uh, what it turned into for me is something called shame. Guilt is about the thing that you've done. Shame is about identity. Shame is about who you believe you are. And so in that moment of feeling that guilt, it went from just, okay, I had done something wrong. And even those words, Robert, I thought you were a Christian. I began to wear that guilt as my identity. And as my identity, it was more shame than it was guilt. I don't know if you've ever done something that maybe you weren't proud of, something that you were embarrassed about, something that you wish you hadn't done. And all of a sudden it became part of who you, you were in your own mind. Well, the Bible teaches us about guilt that all of us have done things that God wouldn't want us to do. It's called sin. Now, how many here, we're just going to do a quick survey. How many here, you have ever been dishonest to your parents? Just raise a hand. Okay. Wow. Wow. Look around, dads. Okay. How many of you have ever taken something that wasn't yours and you took it? Wow. Bunch of sinners at camp this weekend. I can't believe this. Okay. How many of you have ever wanted something or been envious or jealous of something that somebody else had. Okay. So the Bible calls all of these things sin. And the truth is all of us are guilty of sin. But God doesn't want that guilt to become our identity. He doesn't want that guilt to become shame that we are clothed in, that we, that we wear. And the reality is all of us are guilty. All of us have done things. We all just admitted to it. And if you didn't admit to anything, then you just lied at church camp. I can't believe you just did that. And you are also guilty. <laughs> but all of us are guilty and we begin to make that into our identity. And so here's what the Bible teaches. Because of our guilt, because of our sin, we are separated from a holy God. The God who created all things, the God who created us to join in this dance of experiencing the love that he's experienced for all eternity, our sin has separated us from God. So here's what most people try and do. Either rebellion or they try this thing called religion. And religion is all about advice. Every religion on the planet is about advice. If this is God, this is us. Every religion is about you and I trying to work our way to God. That if you and I would do certain things, maybe just maybe we could work our way to God. But here's the problem. All of us have sinned. All of us are separated from God, and God's standard is perfection. And none of us are good enough to work our way to God because his standard is perfection, and we just admitted none of us are perfect, beginning with me. Luckily, the Bible teaches us something different than religion. The Bible teaches us something called the gospel. Gospel means good news. Religion is this. 
advice of what you and I must do to work our way to God. The gospel is news. News is not something you have to work for. News is not something you have to achieve or earn. News is something you choose to believe and receive. And here's the good news. When you and I couldn't work our way to God, God, in love, in mercy, and in grace, worked his way to us in and through the person of Jesus. It's good news. News you don't have to earn. It's something you choose whether or not you're going to believe and receive. I shared this verse this morning. I'm going to read it again. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Do you earn a gift? Daughters, do you earn a gift? No. What do you do with a gift? You receive it, right? And maybe you say thank you. You should probably say thank you. If ever you get a gift from dad, maybe at Christmas time you get a gift. You say thank you, right? A gift is not something you have to earn. Otherwise, it's not a gift. A gift is something that, that you receive. It is a gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. The gospel is when you and I couldn't work our way to God, God in love and mercy and grace worked his way to us in and through the person of Jesus. Here's what Jesus did for you and for me. 2,000 years ago, he lived a perfect life. The life that you and I couldn't live. He lived a life free of the guilt of sin. And yet he gave that life on the cross for you and for me. And he took our sin, he took our debt upon himself. When he went on the cross, he took all of those things, all of those things we're guilty of, all the things we will be guilty of, he took upon himself. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That he took his, our sin upon himself when he went to the cross to pay the debt of our sin. But here's the problem. See, if Jesus takes that sin from me and he pays the debt of my sin, I'm still not perfect. Yeah, he's paid the penalty of my sin, which is great, but that's not enough. But here's the good news. They took Jesus's, let me fix that. Is that better? That's just to wake you guys up. So when they took Jesus's body, they placed him in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. And the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter four, verse 25, he was delivered over to death for our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. His resurrection foreshadows ours that through faith in Jesus, you and I, one day, we will spend eternity with God in heaven, and that eternity actually begins in the here and now, not just in the hereafter. That you and I can begin to experience that relationship with God, that friendship with God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 I just quoted this earlier, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus got what we deserved when he went to the cross so that we might get what he deserved. See, the Bible teaches it's not just that Jesus paid the debt of our sin, but that through faith in Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I are actually clothed with the righteousness of Jesus, the perfect life that he lived so that when God the Father sees us, he doesn't see our guilt, he doesn't see the shame that we carry, he sees us the same way he sees his son. The same way that he sees Jesus and Jesus in his perfection who never sinned. That his righteousness is actually credited to us that God sees us like this. Not with all the guilt, not with all the shame that we carry. This is the good news, this is 
This is the gospel. When we say yes to following Jesus, when we say yes to his invitation to trust in him, not only is our debt paid, but we're credited with the righteousness of Jesus, our identity. When we stand before God, it's not about our behavior. Our identity is about our Savior, Jesus. I heard this illustration, this story, and it's a beautiful depiction of the choice that you and I have and the significance of this moment. See, you and I have a choice whether or not we're going to choose to believe and receive in what God has done for us. Daughters, you have a choice as to whether or not you're going to believe and receive what God has offered you through Jesus Christ. Dads, you have a choice whether or not you will believe and receive what God has offered you through Jesus Christ. And the illustration I heard, it's a, it's a made-up story, but it, it proves the point. It's a story about this millionaire, kind of eccentric. He collected all kinds of art, and he was a, he was a single dad to a son. And here in this estate, he had this beautiful estate. He had multiple estates, but his son would play in the garden, and he had a gardener, and the gardener had built a friendship with his son, and tragically, his son had passed away at a young age. And this man never remarried, and he never had more children, and as he became older and older, people began to wonder, what's going to happen to his estate when he passes? He had collected priceless art from all over the world. He had his estates. He had collectible vehicles. He had all of these things. And so people were really curious what's going to happen when he passes away. And that day finally came and there was an announcement that there would be an auction. And everything, all of the priceless art would be auctioned off. So people traveled from all over the world to come to this auction. And there the auctioneer took out the first piece of art. They had a list of all the different things that were going to be auctioned, and people were very excited for things on the list. But the very first item, when the auctioneer took it out, it was just this very simple painting, and it was a painting of, of the sun. And people began to kind of murmur in the crowd, and there, there was nothing valuable about this, this painting. The frame was kind of old. The frame was kind of beat up. The painting wasn't really that incredible at all. In fact, it was just kind of a thing to get out of the way before they got to the rest of the auction. So the auctioneer stood up and he asked the question, do I have any bids? And it went for a little bit more than a grilled cheese sandwich. He started with, do I hear $50? And people began to kind of laugh and snicker because they had come here not for this item, but for all the other items that were on this list. In the very back of the room, the gardener says, $50. People began to kind of giggle and talk, and people weren't really paying too much attention, and they were talking to each other, and they said, isn't that, isn't that the gardener who worked here at the estate? And he said, $50, I would like the, the painting. And he began to work his way up, and the auctioneer asked if there was any other bidders, and nobody would bid on this item. And so he said, it's sold to you, the gardener. And he had the gardener come up, and the gardener begins to pull out the money, and he says, no, that's not how the auction works. But he says, no, I, I, I want the painting now. And As the gardener came up, the auctioneer said, this now concludes our auction. And he pulled off this little piece of paper off the back of the the painting, and he read this, and it was in the handwriting of the estate owner. It's in the handwriting of the father. And it simply said, whoever gets the son gets it all. And this story illustrates 
the offer that God has for us. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You see, for all of us, whoever gets the son gets it all. That through faith in Jesus, you and I, we inherit this love that God has experienced for all eternity. That he is the author of love, he is the author of life, and he offers you love and life through faith in Jesus. The one who gets the son gets it all. In Romans 10, verse 9, Paul writes this, And I love it because it's just so simple and it's so clear. He says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you acknowledge out loud, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, I give you my life. You are in charge of it all. I trust you with everything. Jesus, I trust what you've done for me. I trust what you paid, the debt of my sin on the cross. I trust you with that. I trust that through faith in you, not my own works, not trying to earn it, but believing and receiving that I am clothed in your righteousness. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The one who gets the son gets it all. Here's what I want to do tonight. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus's invitation. And so I'm going to, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask daughters, I'm going to ask dads, if you've never said yes to the invitation to believe and receive what Jesus has done for you in your life, I invite you to do so tonight. There's nothing magical about the prayer I'm about to, to pray. The Bible teaches if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer of just talking to God. And to acknowledge before God tonight that you're trusting him. Now, for some of us, you've, you've made this decision before. Uh, but maybe, maybe tonight's a night that you need to be reminded that Jesus is Lord. That when we declare to Jesus, hey, I give you everything. Jesus, I give you my life. It means everything. And maybe for some of us, tonight's a night that we just need to hand something back over. Maybe years and years and years ago, we said, Jesus, it's all yours, but we took something back. Tonight's the night to say, Jesus, you are Lord. I trust you with everything. So I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. You can use your own words. There's nothing, again, magical about this prayer, but if you would just talk to God in your own heart and your own mind, just pray with me. Jesus, I acknowledge I'm not perfect. Jesus, that I've done things that I shouldn't have done, said things that I shouldn't have said, thought things that I shouldn't have thought. And I know that that separates me from you, a holy God. But Jesus, thank you for coming to rescue me. Father, thank you for sending the Son to pay the debt of my sin. Holy Spirit, thank you for the power that raised Jesus from the dead. 
proving that you hold the keys to life. Jesus, I trust in you as Lord and as Savior, as my rescuer. I confess, Jesus, you are Lord. And I give you my life. And Father, I thank you that through what Jesus has done by the power of the Holy Spirit, ordained by you, that I can be adopted into your family. That I can be an heir with Christ. So I say thank you for the gift. I choose today to receive that. Father, thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.